Hi, I'm Nicole, and I'm an EFT tapping practitioner, and I want to help you learn how to use EFT tapping to grow as a person, to grow on your spiritual path, and to truly change your life in any way that you are looking to change your life. Because I believe that we deserve to have the life that we are meant to live. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Spiritual EFT Tapping Podcast. Today, I have a guest on, Chelsea, and we're going to talk about what she does, like how she helps people. And I really just want to get into her bio first, just letting you know a little bit about what she does, and then we're going to get into it. So, um, and I really liked your bio, by the way. I thought it was really great. (laughs) Um, So Chelsea is a past life regressionist, medium, writer, and motivational speaker. She uses her work as a vehicle for showing people their innate power, how they've overcome struggles in the past and can do it again. Chelsea strives to empower individuals who have felt small, silenced, and alone on their life journey. Her work is spiritual and also motivational. She's here for honoring your spirit, when or what it needs, and how you can tend to it by fulfilling your calling and destiny in this life. Yay. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and just talking about all things past life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, the thing that I usually like to help ask other healers and people of that sure. sort that I bring on my podcast is, you know, what actually got you into doing this stuff? Because, you know, it's like a little bit of an alternative sort of sure. lifestyle and right. you know, thing to get into. So what exactly got you into all the things you do? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a long and winding road. And it will be told by yours truly an ADHD storyteller. So mm-hmm. get ready for all, <laughs> all the plot twists. Um, I'm going to make this as succinct as possible, though. So um, before my senior year of high school, <laughs> I had a choice between, um, I, I felt like I had to either major in English or music. And so I was going like very much like the traditional route. I ended up studying music education. Um, for six years, I have a master's in music education. Um, so I went that whole traditional route, was certified, all of that, only to find out I really didn't like the school systems. It was fine when I was the uh, student, but then on the other side, I really didn't like politics and I didn't like the, um, you know, just the surroundings for me as an educator. I had to uh, always abide by like those rules. And I noticed from the beginning of my professional career, I was definitely not one for systems, organized systems to work in. So I immediately felt like, okay, let's pivot and become a private voice teacher because then at least I could be somewhat in control of uh, the output and the input and who I worked with. Over time, I also learned that I was neurodivergent. And so there were certain things that started making sense, like the reasoning why I needed to work different hours or like I just thrived in different environments. And so over time, while I was privately teaching, I always worked with like psychic um, mentors. I had always been doing like some sort of study in the occult. I'd always been interested since I was 10 years old. Like I've always been interested. um, And while my parents weren't super supportive of like witchcraft, um, they 
they were supportive in like Buddhism and spirituality and, uh, you know, science of mind things. And so like they would let me dabble in those things. I, I worked in Kabbalah. I like just studied everything, but like under the age of 18. So like you could tell I was just a different kid. I definitely wasn't, um, one that was like fed one religion. And then I just like did that because my, both my parents are from two different religions. So in an effort to protect me, and make things make sense for me, they gave me both, but also nothing. So I was introduced to both, but I also was told when I was 18, I could choose my religion, I could understand that. Um, so for my life path, it's like I needed to go through that. I couldn't have um, the indoctrination and everything. I had to really find spirituality in my own scope. So it benefited me, although it also was like my greatest um, you know, plight up until I realized what I was doing. So long story, even longer. Um, <laughs> I started studying with psychic guides, other, like other mentorship. As soon as I started private voice teaching in about like 2012, I, um, had gone through tarot reading and I learned, you know, about all the clairs, clear audience. These are all like, um, clear hearing, clear knowing, clear seeing all of the psychic gifts. So I knew I had psychic gifts, but also I was working in a really kind of like conservative New York town um, where it was like pretty important for me to just like do the job. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm like casting spells. I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm, you know, working with ancestors. And like, that was not on the table. That wasn't something that I was sharing publicly. It wasn't even something I was sharing online. Um, and then through a series of just life events and tests and losing loved ones and um, losing friends and all of this, you just start to shift slowly but surely to like what you truly, truly, truly are passionate about. Um, and so the things that, you know, are, are what you choose when you're younger, you sometimes shift out of that because the pain of staying in that is greater than the pain of bearing your truth and your authenticity and what you really are. So in an effort to be authentic in the last few years, I was chipping away at like what it means to do the work that I do. And am I even happy doing it? And while I do love singing and music, and I did really love being a voice teacher for so many years, it simply became very clear that it wasn't going to be my only calling in life. And so over time, I found yoga and I found meditation and like, I kind of just pieced all these things together. I became a medium. Like I, I fully processed my mediumship. I fully understood what it meant because I had started hypnosis and basically hypnosis teaches us so much about the subconscious mind. And in an effort to not bore everyone, what happens is the subconscious mind is just this little, this little guy underneath the monkey mind, the conscious, right? And what happens is like, when we meditate or go into a state of trance, that monkey mind goes away and we can access all of these past life memories, all of these soul memories that are stored in that kind of gateway of the subconscious. So the more I studied, the more I actually understood my gift and I was able to then continue on that path. And so I just, I studied past life hypnosis as a part of my hypnosis program and I absolutely fell in love. I've always been interested in past lives. Like this isn't something completely new. I have tons of books on reincarnation, past lives, life after death. Like I had always been interested in all these things. But again, it was just kind of like floating in the background. It didn't hit me on on the head until I had 
like I don't even know, like my 500th regression over the last several years because I was just doing it on the side. I was doing it like for, you know, quick, like on the side, like a side gig. That was my side gig, like being psychic. Um, because also I was like, we're, we weren't living in a time where like that was like something you could make your main money with. I was like, I'm not leaving my Columbia University degree out in the dust and like, just start telling everybody I'm psychic. Like there was a lot more to lose at one point than like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had to go through some stuff just to get where I am to like really feel fully confident and comfortable in really pursuing this work full time. So um up until then, I had just been doing regressions through a script. And little did I know because of my mediumship skills, which is basically like the same as Akashic Records reading, um, that same space you can travel to, I realized I can go into these spaces with my clients. So it became this fully like multi-dimensional piece that helped me really like dive in. And then I loved it so much more because not only could I be there with the other person, but I was also off script, intuiting, channeling like this is great for me. That's my space. That's like the creative space that I love hanging out in. And the other piece was I, I really loved helping people with their psychic gifts because when I am there also kind of like, um, sharing what I see and they see that too, it gives them confidence in their own visions. So in a way, I'm still like a teacher. I still can help people. Um, figure out their skills and it gives them tons of support. And it's just like a new kind of um, thing that I started. Not many past life regressionists are also mediums. So like that was just something that kind of came to, to me, which is special because then the person's not alone. They don't feel like they're just guessing or um, they think that like it's a fluke. Like there are so many ways then I can kind of validate their experience and it really makes it so much bigger than I think my clients even realize it's going to be. So that's, that's how I got there. <laughs> Basically through a long series of events of like needing to find some spiritual tools and learning them all. And then eventually stumbling upon past life regressions, hypnosis. And then that was the thing that went, aha, I love it. And now I'm, I do this work full time. I do one to one sessions like three or four times a week. Um, which is so surprising because when I started, I was like, we'll see because, you know, people need voice lessons more than past life regressions. And apparently, um, I was wrong about that. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing all that. Thanks. Um, it, yeah, I think that everybody that I ask, it's always like a, like a whole journey of how, like, I know. I'm you know, like, sorry, you get there. sorry, no, if this it's is like a drool. Oh. No, it's fine. Cause I think it's interesting for people to hear. Cause I think sometimes you just hear like the end result of something yeah, no. and then you never hear about like, okay, how did this person get here? And it's yeah. never just like, oh, I just decided this one day. Like it's, no. it's a series of things. <laughs> no. And it took me like three years. Cause three years ago, I almost four, I was told you're going to do spiritual work. You're going to be a psychic guide for people. And I saw the way like the spiritual communities were going online. And I was like, mm -mm, I'm not going to be a part of that nonsense. That's <laughs> a three ring circus. Like, again, you're coming from a really logical like Columbia Ivy League degree. Like I was like very much in that logical world. I'm like, there is no way I'm going to be, you know, again, like 
there has to be an ego death. There has to be a death of like mm-hmm. the identity and like what you perceive for yourself. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely like a, a, a whole entire process. So I, I like to share that because I think it's comforting because I think we all think that there's like overnight success and it's like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, I love that. Cause I know that we haven't really connected before, but I have, uh, a undergraduate and a master's degree in accounting. So that's love it. basically my, like, and I still kind it's of work in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then now, you know, in the past two years, I kind of went off and started my own business, but then I realized I, I really want to do both. Yes. Um, oh, I but... love that. Integrated. <laughs> yeah. But it took, like, I needed to, like, okay, I started kind of my career doing that. And I was like, this isn't, like, just, this is not fulfilling to me. Like, you right. know what I mean? And yes. then so I went off and tried all this, like, spiritual stuff. And I was yeah. like, I really love all of this stuff, but I kind of want it to look a certain way. Like, I don't, I, I don't really want to do it full time. <laughs> Um, but I had to kind of like try that to like figure that of out. Of course. You know? Yes. Yes. And it's yeah. like, that's such an integrated shadow, right? Like this yeah. thing that you were like, I am going to just stop this. And, and then you realize like, wait a minute, that's kind of how I, I felt. Like I, yeah. I left, I left music, but I was like, but I still love music. Like it doesn't yeah. mean that I, I want it completely gone from my life. But there were just certain aspects that you're like, okay, I'm in my thirties. Like, do I really want to drive house to house again? Like, there were aspects of the work, too, that I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> like, we don't have to do this anymore. This is a 20-year-old's job. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. And then what you were saying about being logical and coming from that logical space and oh, then yeah. kind of like, Hello, I totally, accountant. yeah, I totally get that. Cause it's like, yeah, that's completely like, I feel like my whole 20s was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is the logical way to do things. Yes. And then when I got into my 30s, I was like, well, it's kind of stupid to only be, to only make decisions from being logical mm-hmm. um, or from that logical space because there's, because everything, there's like so many pieces to everything. Oh my God. It's, so, and, and so many pieces include how we actually feel. Yeah. And there are so <laughs> many times, how, how many times have you been like, I don't know though, I should probably think it over again. It's like you, we have analyzed this rock over and over again. There's <laughs> nothing else. It's still a rock. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. still going to make us feel a certain way. I don't know about a rock, but you know, like that kind of idea that, you know, if we're unhappy, we kind of talk ourselves out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did when I was working full time in accounting sure. is I was like, well, this is, you know, what I got my degree in and like everything else that I'm like kind of thinking of seems a little weird to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems yeah. like, well, why would I do that? Cause I don't right. know how it's going to turn out. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be successful. I don't know if right. like all these things. And so, yeah, you really have to be like, well, like, I guess for me, I really had to be like, well, if I was dying, like, would I mm-hmm. be upset that like, I didn't try it? <laughs> oh, that's like, I love that so much. I mean, Even though that's because- like, some people would be like, that's super dark, but I no. do best when I think like that, because I think that really well, tells me what I want. Wow. You know? Death is our greatest advisor. It's no, our I wisest so. advisor because we're all not getting out alive. Yeah. And that's the one thing also in past life work that comes up all the time. The life lesson is like, do not waste the time. Express yourself authentically. You're living in a time you're not going to get lynched for this. You're living in a time you're, you know, like there yeah. are so many aspects that's like, you should dare to do something because 
no one's going to harm you right now, like to an extent, let's just say (laughs) imaginary, you know, but, but like certain ways of expression, like, yes, of course, like there's still, I still get comments. People like go like psychosis. I I know, you know, like people go like seek God. I'm like, I have seeked God. I've (laughs) sought out God all the time. Um, But you know, it's like ignoring those and knowing like, okay, but there are 17,000 other people that agree with me. So it's like kind of like vetting out that, um, but yeah, there's so much of this process of like death of the identity and also the acceptance that like, okay, the people like really, really, truly being seen means that I have to show all the parts of me that previously were hidden and that I have to now be okay with the visibility factor of actually being seen. And that is another component to like stepping into your calling and, and accessing this greater like consciousness for your life. Um, so like in doing the past life work, it was like more than like, okay, I do past life work now. It's, it's an entire process because I really had this death of self of like, people are going to think I'm crazy. Like those, those comments are still somewhat triggering to me. I'm bringing it up because they're still triggering because that was what I feared. Like people are going to think I'm crazy or people are going to think that, you know, I'm a fraud, a scammer, like all of these things that I worried about. And luckily, like I'm not. So when people work with me, then like you see for yourself, but you know, the, the people, the Statlers and Waldorfs are up there like going like, you suck. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, you just have to like, also, this is something very new for me, even though I was a performer, but like developing a thick skin, which is not easy for me. I'm sensitive, but like, I mean, it's not easy. I think for online, because it's just, oh my God, you you got thumb warriors. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. I think, but, I, yeah. I don't know anybody who's online who's like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's easy. You know? Yeah. I know. There was always, and, and that has always been, I grew up with that kind of like fear, like of visibility online. Um, I think, you know, like if you're in that age group of like millennial where like we went into, um, our, we grew up with technology also growing up and yeah. we could see how it became this kind of like wild beast. Like it was not, all like fun and games we were being freaking bullied (laughs) we would be cyber bullied but you know like we've been through it like there's i think other safety precautions now for teens who knows what's going on but i'm just saying like we it was the wild wild west out there yeah and we saw things that we shouldn't have seen and yeah it's just like knowing that having that perspective as an adult I'm glad I came into this work in my 30s from a more mature lens rather than being seen in my 20s doing whatever I was doing. Um, because, yeah, it's wild out there. People will project onto you. You are a mirror for people. And I like to also say that, like, if you are receiving something from me that is not positive, that is also something to bring into your awareness because, like, I don't, I don't have problems with people on purpose, you know? So I find that like when people have problems with me or share like their disgust for me, I'm like, I know there's something within me that they are afraid of, that there are indoctrinations and fear tactics and religious trauma. Like I know that there's all of that under, underneath, but still I am that targeted person. I have to also just like be okay with being that archetype which is also some, which is also a part of the calling. So like, if you want to really fully thrive in this environment, you have to also make peace with the 
the demons of it and the negative aspects. So it's like an entire process when you're really stepping into like the thing you're supposed to be doing. And yeah, like basically if I didn't feel like part of my calling was to share in a large way, I would not be five years ago. You would not have found me. (laughs) You would not have found me. Um, even though, you know, I've always been an entertainer of some kind, but yeah, you would not have found me online, like in this capacity, posting multiple times a day and sharing like truths that I know that aren't widely accepted. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, but I'd like to kind of backtrack it a little bit because we sure. talked about past life regression. You kind of mentioned hypnosis, Akashic records, and I kind of like to know, well, so if somebody was listening to this and they were like, sure. what is a past life regression. Um, but I guess for myself, I'd also, cause I actually started all of this work in the Akashic record. So I've actually only done a past life regression once. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when you do all these things together, are you, cause when you're doing a past life regression, you're not necessarily in the Akashic field, are you? Um, so it just depends on what you feel consider the Akashic field. Okay. There are many different like practitioners who also go into the Akashic field in different ways and, and also talk about it differently. So I consider the Akashic field, Akashic records, like that is just like my all knowing space. Yeah. Um, it's a liminal space that just gives me the knowledge that I need. So I usually just travel by way of like it is science-based where like you go into, so hypnosis is a four-part process where you have an induction, a deepener, the third meat and potatoes, like that's the regression, right? And then the emergence where you come out. So by the time you enter the past life, you're just traveling via like consciousness to subconscious. Um, so I like to also call it like that too, for our scientific listeners. Um, but I truly feel like it is through the Akashic realm. Some people feel like they're astral traveling. Some people feel they'll call it different things, but technically it is, it is through the Akashic realm. Most people will receive a lot of information that way, but because it's such a visual experience, um, it, it's really like, I consider it a type of mediumship, a type of channeling that occurs. So what happens is, um, you know, I do it so often that now like I travel, look, I'll go to a friend's house and I'll just be sitting there and like just slightly maybe in trance if I'm hanging out with them. And like, I will pick up what the house looked like in the seventies and also know like that I'm in that space and what it feels like to be in that space. So it's also just like, a part of me as well. So it's kind of like the more you do it, the more you see um, and the quicker you see. So you don't always need like the induction, the deepener and all that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say it's through the Akashic records, but again, like everyone, everyone's different. Everyone might kind of label it differently. Um, but I see it as that universal, uh, awareness and knowledge. And so, yeah. So throughout the hypnosis, what we do is we uncover. And, um, basically if you've ever been in meditation and you kind of like are hovering above your body, you feel this kind of awesome sense of peace, lightness, maybe even like body asleep, mind awake just before you go to sleep where like somebody might come into the room, you know, you're not actually sleeping, but you're also not completely awake. That's the state where we we're in trance and that's when we get into our past lives. So that's a little bit about like how we enter. Cool. Um, so if somebody was like, 
I've never done any of this, but it's interesting because that's what I always used to get. Cause I actually have, um, on insight timer, which is the main platform I use, I have yeah. a course on there and I would do like different, you know, Akashic record meditations and people would be like, I'm just interested in this. And I don't know why, like, it just sounds interesting to me. So I always feel like all the past life stuff, whether it's past life regression or Akashic records or just talking about past lives, people are just like, either they're interested or they're not like, yes, no, like, that's the thing. Like you can't like market this in a way that's like easy. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like, yeah. I think people just have to come across it and be like, Oh, like that's interesting. Yeah. Like I think that, or, you know, right. So basically like the way that I market it is if you are looking for answers, about some of your ancestry, if you're looking about, um, if you're looking into maybe how past wounds have formed, where they might have started and why it affects us so greatly in this life, because the soul remembers, you might not have conscious memories, but there are subconscious memories that kind of influence us. So, you know, our fears of water, our fear of fire. And if you have these fears at a very young age, and then there's also like the subliminal messaging around us, you know, if if parents like really coddled and, and said like, you know, don't touch us, don't touch us, you know, like then of course that's going to also bring up all these like nervous fears and everything. But these are wounds I'm talking about like from from past lives and dying in past lives. Like let's say there was something really traumatic and it's surrounding like being stabbed or like this is trigger warning. These are death, death things. But what happens is that is something that transfers throughout lifetimes. And so over time they might emerge and they might emerge through like nervous behaviors and habits, things like that. So just as like hypnosis can help heal uh, people through their smoking cessation or, you know, um, eating habits, things like that, what it does is it tends to target the subconscious to reprogram it. It's basically like we, the body is a computer program. The The body is programmed. The mind is programmed to think certain things, um, access, you know, 10 certain thoughts a day. Like if you really like went inside our minds, like it's the same stupid 20 thoughts. It's like, I gotta go do this. I gotta get, oh, we're out of milk again. It's literally the same. We keep doing it over and over again. And underneath all of that is like these wonderful past life memories. Um, but yeah, like past lives are so important also for us to gain greater perspective because I think also, you know, like there's just no telling, um, you know, what we're really here for. And I think when we're in survival mode and we're just like on a floating rock, it's like nice to have meaning, nice to have a place to organize our thoughts and organize like what it means to be human. And even if I'm not actually following my life path or following those lessons, I'm still evolving. Like it doesn't mean you had a life not worth living if you were a farmer or, you know, not seen as like late stage capitalism, um, successful. Like you still lived a life with love and loss. And it's just like the themes keep coming back over and over again, whether you're a millionaire or someone that had to sleep on the street for survival. And I think it's just really important to also see a past life in which maybe you have suffered more or less to give you greater perspective on your own personal life and how to actually move into the future. So yeah, like a lot of my work has to do with like, let's work through that so that we can be present, really present, because I think so much of us, like so many are looking towards the past in our own 
current life and working through it. And, you know, there's always this like healing modality going on in our minds. Like, oh my God, why did he yell at me? Like (laughs) I peed my pants in third grade. Like, you know, like all these things before you go to sleep at night, you're just thinking of like all these terrible things. Um, But yeah, there's like this part of us that really, once we heal the real big things, everything else seems to kind of fall away as well. Cause it's like, what am I worried about? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think that, and especially cause some people won't ever be interested in this, but for the people that are, I think there's probably like a, a knowing that like, mm-hmm. okay, there's there, a knowing, yeah. there's this that exists that's yeah. within me that is not resolved, you know? Yes. And I think actually that's what I love to know about you and your business. If that's kind of like, in a way you resolving some past life stuff. Cause I know for me, my business very much is like, cause Ooh. I, <laughs> um, this was like, I think in 2020, I did it like an Akashic records thing for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I very much saw like a past life where, you know, I was kind of doing all this healing stuff, but mm-hmm. ca- like this was in Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like kind of kicked out of this town, which I think so many people have that kind of experience where it's like, you aren't allowed to do what you like wanted to do. And I had this, like, it just felt like such a depressing life. Mm -hmm. Like it was so, I, like, I, I remember feeling so depressed after that. And every time I would think about it, it would like bring on this like depression where it's just like, that was so deeply like seated in me. It's Um, like that witch wound. Yeah. 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 And then I feel like, so I feel like so much of what I do is kind of like resolving that where it's like, okay, oh, like sure. I can do these things now. Like I can try this, try that. And like, it's fine. Um, yes. So I'd love to know for you, like, if you'd want to share, like if there's yeah. anything that you've experienced past life wise where you're like, okay, in this life, I'm resolving that. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I've had many different lives. I haven't just been a spiritual uh, person in my lives, but I've had many incarnations in which I've been like traditionally spiritual through religion. Um, so like my soul is just like, yes, I want to always be connected to God. <laughs> like, it's so cute. I'm like, good for you. Um, so yeah, it, through many of my lives, I have also had uh, this kind of turning down of self and like not like not having the ability to express myself uniquely and authentically. Like I've had lives as a nun where I was able to be really revered and I had a great um, love for the work that I was doing, but I really lost parts of myself in that effort. Um, so this life is also like really important for me to showcase who I really am in every aspect and not really shut down parts of myself just for the sake of religion and God. And I know this is like a probably really radical thing to a lot of people that might be hearing that are that come from um, Catholic religion. Um, but really, it's just that like, we are all characters that play roles on this earth. And there is universal knowledge that uh, religions don't necessarily seek to um, understand because religion is kind of like a tool for, you know, control and fear um, and a space that like people can kind of like come together and like there are other parts, but you know, um, seeking spirituality on my own kind of led me to a greater path and a greater freedom because we are the ones that say like what, what goes and what doesn't ultimately. So like for me, my past life, work is really about uncovering people's power. So through past life regression, it doesn't have so much to do with like, 
the witch wound, but it has more to do with like feeling silenced, feeling small, feeling insecure, feeling like nothing. And I felt that in my waking life, you know, before, before this incarnation of like past life worker. Um, but I have felt that before I realized my calling, before I realized like my true work, my true purpose on earth. Um, but like stepping into this, it's, it's so much more than me being a past life worker. It's more this kind of understanding of my calling and wanting to help other people find their calling through that past life work. I think sometimes, you know, all we need to hear is like, kind of like a smack against the head, like, you didn't get to be who you are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, why are you going to do it again? We only had like, yes, we have many lives, but we really only have one life at a time. And it's so important that we fully express ourselves as best as we can, because it's like the spirit needs that. The spirit needs creation and art to thrive and feel wonderful. And I just hope that everyone can get to that place. I That's really my wish for this work. Yeah. Well, I love that. Because, yeah, I um, going back to that whole like logical and all of that. Um, I never, I don't think I ever knew I had a creative side or I never wow. like nursed it or did sure. anything with it until really having my business. And then yeah. it was like, oh, oh I yeah. love being creative. Yes. Um, but then like with all this, like, and I think also when you like for being in accounting, like you kind of get put into this box of like, oh, you're this kind of specific sort of person. And mm-hmm. I've never felt like I was that sort of yep. person. Yes. But same. that's just what happens. Yes. Yeah. Like I went into music because like I was very flighty and creative and woo. And then I realized like, oh, I have to be a teacher though. So I have to be like very stern and like not stern, but like I have very serious and like, you know, be a certain way, look a certain way. And it that stifled actually teaching music stifled my creativity. Yeah. <laughs> because I was doing it through a lens of like what I had to look like for, you know, wealthy Long Islanders if I were going into their home and teaching their child. I couldn't express myself. I couldn't, like, look different or um, challenge anyone in any way. So it kind of also stifled my own self-expression. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. Um, And I think I don't know. I wish that there was more, like it was more intertwined. Like when we were going to college and all that stuff that there was like, okay, you need to do this creative stuff Mm -hmm. too. Um, And just kind of, I don't know, even just try it out. Yeah. Cause even Um, music school like is not creative. It's very, um, you know, grueling and very much like this is how it's done. You know, there's, There's no, like, yes, there's room for creativity within vocal coaching and lessons and things like that. But otherwise, like the the 18 credits a semester that you're taking plus are all based on like hardcore, you know, it felt like math, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like music theory and history. And like these things aren't, were not the creative side that I was also expecting to receive while I liked it. Like I liked the well-rounded part of it. I just felt like, I wasn't able to like, again, express myself in the way that I wanted. It was more in the way that, um, you know, education is set up. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think yeah. it's hard because I guess that's surprising to hear with it being, you know, something in art would be like right. set up like that. Right. No, no <laughs> but, right. I mean, it kind of makes sense though. But do you think I guess... people are like really having fun at Juilliard? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. <laughs> I think it's just, I think because it's such a stressful environment to be perfect, 
there is very little room for creative expression that feels joyful. And I think also like the type of educator that we have in the system when we were millennials going to college, you know, you still have um, an older generation again, like as, as we all get older and shift and the years pass on, like the, the collective shifts as well, like our consciousness, our awareness shifts. So like that generation, like no fault of their own, like they also grew up in like really crazy ass times. So like they, they don't have creative thinking. Like it's very rare for them to have creative thinking because they were mostly in survival mode. And like we were also then taught, like we could do things and like we could try project and like because they were trying to enforce that like something that they didn't have like go after your dreams like there was like one half of boomers that were like go after your dreams honey i'll pay for acting school and then the other half of it was like you're gonna do what i tell you you're gonna do you know like i think and i think that's still normal to this day but you know like things shift and change yeah (laughs) but yeah that's just I don't know. I guess it's just, you really do have to kind of get to a point where you're like, I want to explore these things and school's not going to like do that for me necessarily. It's the education system mostly though, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, back to kind of like past lives and all of that. Um, but I just had a thought when you were talking about all the Catholicism and all of that stuff, because, um, I grew up Catholic actually, and was confirmed and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I had gotten an Akashic record reading like a couple years ago and she was saying how she saw that I had a past life in the Vatican mm. and I was like super religious. Like I was yeah. like very committed, but I had basically had gone up this kind of like ladder of whatever. And somebody was super jealous of me. And like, that's how I died basically. Oh. Um, I have been stabbed in the spleen apparently like <laughs> In three or more, which is interesting. Because- <laughs> it's just so I hear, yeah. But it's interesting because um, every time I go to acupuncture, like I guess you can tell if you have like spleen issues. Like if you have, because I guess I have like dampness in my system or something, which is like connected to the spleen, and I always have that problem. Like I've always had that problem. Interesting. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I've also gotten this scan where it was basically saying like that was one of my biggest weaknesses was like my spleen. Um, so yeah, interesting. <laughs> I love that. I, love I know. That. Um, but like, yeah, so I also see that as like important information yes. for me because I think also I never in this life, I've never felt like, oh, I'm Catholic. I just felt like I was, I mean, my parents made me do right, that. You I wasn't just kind of like, like go along with it. Like no but I was never against it, but yeah. No, but I was never like, oh, I really resonate with this or right, like I this, resonate with this means religion. anything mm-hmm. to me. Like I remember actively like being like, I don't like I'm not paying attention right. today right. because I just don't right. care about it. And there are some, right. There are some people that are like that. Like I remember growing, I grew up in a really Italian, um, area of Long Island. And, you know, all of my friends were confirmed. All of my friends had communions, like all of them, you know, it's like, so I was like, jealous. I was like, I want to be a little bride. (laughs) I want to, I want to do this. So it's interesting by lack of religion, I actually was more curious about the religion. And I have like my father's Roman Catholic, his mother's from Italy, like, there's a whole, you know, all this ancestry and all this connection to th- Catholicism, but then also my mom's Jewish. So it was like yeah. two very different worlds culturally and religiously, very different. Um, Jews don't believe in hell. So when people tell me I'm going to hell, I'm like, one of the major religions out there is Judaism. Like one of our 
several major religions is Judaism. We don't believe in hell. So yeah. it's also like, not like, oh, I'm godless. And it's like, no, like just everyone, like, like everyone's different being yeah. like believing in reincarnation. Um, that's something that Catholics don't believe in, but Buddhists do, you know, it's like, so I don't know. At what point are you like, I'm right. They're wrong. I don't know. What about we're all right? What if, yeah. we all, what if we all have the potential to be in our own personal hell? What if we all have potential to be in our own personal heaven? So I think it's like also that's why I love past life work too, because it really kind of shows you um, what realities are available to you. And I think that there are many dimensions, many realities available to us too, but that's a story maybe for another day. Yeah. <laughs> another um, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also you mentioned reincarnation, which I mean, obviously that's kind of what we're talking about, but sure. do you remember for yourself thinking like at a young age, like, oh, that makes sense to me because I feel yes. like that's something that I specifically remember thinking. Like, oh, yeah. it's not something that like took over my life or anything, but I was like thinking about it and I was like, I just feel like that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Like of all the things that were presented to me, For like sure. I was like, that just makes just sense. In, just in my interests alone, I knew that I was different. Like, I loved musicals, old movies, old musicals. Like I was not a normal nineties kid, you know, like I remember being in class, other people were um, stating their favorite movies of the year. It was like Terminator, this, this. And I was like, funny girl, Barbara Streisand, 1960s, <laughs> you know, like I had this whole, um, all of these interests that always pulled me to the things that I'm doing today, which is like, you know, traveling in time, which is what I was doing when I would enjoy an album or enjoy a record. I would connect with that on a, on an Akashic Records level. Um, and I never realized that that's the connection I was making with music. And that's why I loved music so much. And then I went to go study. I'm like, this is not the music I know. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't how I know music. But I remember... And I've said this on another podcast, but like the one of the first musicals that opened my world to past life regressions was on a clear day, you can see forever. And there's this whole plot of this like hypnotherapist, psychiatrist, um, you know, putting this woman through uh, hypnosis, past life regression. And they realize like out in a past life, they were actually lovers. And like, I don't know, all those things kind of always seeped into my reality. There was always like these whispers of um, what interested me and also what I believed in. And they kind of just kept presenting themselves to me slowly, but surely. And over time, like even as a kid, I would be meditating um, doing yoga. Like I just remember doing things that felt right for me that I never even learned. Yeah. So I knew that there was a part of me that definitely needed to express these parts of myself, but also there was no one teaching me. There were ways I knew things that I didn't know how I knew them. I always had clear cognizance. I could always tell if someone was being truthful with me or if someone, um, yeah, like if just something felt wrong, I always was very, very close to my intuition. And then over the years, like in my teen years, like I started people pleasing and feeling like insecure. And so that like made my light dim a little bit and makes you unsure of what you're thinking, what you're doing, your intuition. And so that turns off over time. But yeah, reincarnation has always been something that I've always been interested in, always believed in. Never thought like, because again, I never had the indoctrination. I never had somebody yell at me and tell me like, that's wrong, Chell. Like that's, yeah. that's not even, you shouldn't think like that. Like no one stopped me too. So that was beneficial to me. 
Yeah. Um, also, I love talking about intuition and all of that because I think that, go- again, going back to the logical stuff again, it's something that I just truly never paid attention to for like yep. most of my life. <laughs> and it's so interesting to actually be like, oh, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And it's right. so interesting to be like, I actually have all of that. Like I have the ability to do all that. And right. um, also, are you into human design at all? I am. What is your human design? I'm a projector. Oh, me too. Oh my God. What is your, do you know what your authority is? I, I am, I think emotional authority, of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, of course. (laughs) Um, that's how it doesn't necessarily mean you're like emotional though. No, but I just feel like it somehow ties into feelings and I'm always like, because it's like, that's how I, that's how I see, like, that's how I intuit by yeah. my emotions. So that's why it's like very personal to me because I used to like discount my feelings and be yeah. like, mm. and and I would Same. like literally try to out talk my gut, you know, yeah. and then uh, until honestly this year, my friend that I met in my new city, she was like, Chelsea, you're not a hater. <laughs> so if you're feeling weird about someone, I noticed that and I noticed that you're not hateful. You just don't feel right about something. And that's not wrong. It doesn't even matter if you can convince yourself that they're a good person or they're doing something that's worthwhile. Like if you don't feel good in that space, like don't be in their space. And I'm like, you say it like it's supposed to make so much sense, you know, like it makes sense. It makes sense. But it took time for me to really realize like, oh, yeah, I'm not a hater. And like why my intuition is telling me something. And so, yeah, it communicates through my emotions, through my feelings, which I didn't realize. I mean, I realized it, but I didn't. Again, I needed to quantify it in some way, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why I feel very connected to EFT tapping because I feel the same where I um, never felt like I expressed my emotions. So mm. then it's kind of like giving me like almost like a format to kind of like I, do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, most of the time that. I ignore it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, cause I, I mean, it. it's just how I grew up and yeah, of course, of course, you know, not all households, like I think a lot of households are just again in survival mode. We're not, we're not all, um, conscientious of like also what we're telling our kids and like, you know, like my, my daughter is going around, she's helping her friends in school and she's like take a deep breath i'm like who the hell are you i was the one <laughs> punching the other kid like that's so i you know i was <laughs> like a hectic child because of my environment yeah but my daughter's like i'm like you're a freaking angel like, what? <laughs> that's what i do to calm myself down i'm like you got it different kid like but it's cool <laughs> it's cool to see that conscious parenting happening anyway <laughs> yeah no that's great um and I feel like if I have children, that's kind of what I hope to like, you know, impart to them. Oh, yeah. You again, will. that's just not you what will. I grew up with. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. And I think when you don't, then you're like super conscious about it and you're like, right, oh, right. I don't right. want the th- them to be like how I grew up. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. We want to always like expound upon and do it differently in some ways, you know, I get yeah. that. Um, just kind of going back to the past life stuff just yeah. one more time. Cause I had one yeah. question in the middle of yeah, everything. No. Um, I don't know how much traveling you've done, but have you ever traveled somewhere and felt like, oh, like I've been here before? Yes. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, my husband and I, when we were just dating, we actually went to France. Um, and it was for a specific music tour. We were together and, um, he actually proposed to me there. 
And uh, it was on Bastille Day. And it was like a very Akashic moment because also I have ancestral roots to um, like some, some people in France. But what happened was my grandfather was actually born around Bastille Day and they named him Frank. And so there was like a very also like genetic like Akashic thing that was going on for me too, because I was in that place. So that's like a sidebar. Um, but yes, like I've been in places and could feel echoes of like the past. Also like the more antiquated, um, a space is the more energy I can just typically feel. Um, so like there are certain, you know, like this monument's been up here for 10,000 years, you know, like I can really pick up on, on spaces. I really want to get to Rome and Greece, um, and feel around there for a bit. But yeah, like I've always felt very, very connected to France. And when we did go, it was a really, um, very spiritual experience for me too. And it felt like a sort of coming home. I felt very at home there. Like I felt like it just was not, not a typical experience that I'd ever had. Like I don't feel home in Florida, but I've been there before, you know? Yeah. So there's like this just kind of like, I don't know, um, kind of very spiritual experience that I had upon going. And it was specifically the south of France. Like it wasn't like Paris or anything like that. Um, but the south of France, um, where there's oceans and I think the ocean is very psychic portal, very psychic space. Um, and I just really related to that. But of course, like, you know, anyone that goes to Europe and then comes back, like you don't want to, you know, Okay, Chelsea, gelato and cheese. We get yeah. it. You went to France. Um, so I try not to be like disgusting with it, but yeah, there was a deep experience that I had upon traveling there, um, versus other places. I even, um, have very Akashic moments and spaces like going to Salem, Massachusetts, like being in that space. The, the ground feels holy, although it has been really made into like marketable, kitschy stuff. Um, like this haunted house tour, but like, yeah, you know, on like in October. Right, right. On a nice like spring day, it felt like a temple to me. Like it felt sacred. Um, and we used to go every single year when we lived in New York. But yeah, like there are, there are places that I feel a certain connection to for no damn reason. San Diego. Don't know why. Just do like, yeah. So yeah, I have to explore what lives those were those were from. But yeah, th- those are the times that like I have felt like this is something. These are these are places that feel special. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's interesting that you say um Italy and Greece cuz in Italy cuz I'm usually like I'm I wouldn't say I'm a difficult traveler, but I'm not like I need enough sleep and I need like, like there's just particular things I need, but I feel like me and my husband had gone to Italy for two weeks and we went uh, so many different places. And I feel like that was like the chillest trip that we've ever taken where I just felt like I didn't like have really any like issues or any like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like this is super uncomfortable. Like I just kind of like went more with great. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I don't want to say it's not normal, but like usually there's some sort of something where it's just like, oh my gosh, I have to work through this. And, you mm-hmm. know, and then so the I was heat like, is getting to me, my yeah. swollen finger. That was me in France, like swollen fingers. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's always those things. Yeah. And I just felt like, I don't know, like, I don't think of going there like that at all. It just felt like whatever. But then I remember we went to Greece and we went to, um, two different islands and then the mainland and the mainland it it really felt like i'd been there before but it was very chaotic like it was a very chaotic part of our trip just because 
there's just more chaotic stuff. Like, cause it was just more, I don't know. Um, in Athens specifically, there's just so much going on. Right. Um, and I was just, I felt like I had been there, but like that maybe right. it was like not easy for me, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's lots of war revolution. I mean, those things are really, you can feel that in those spaces for sure. Yeah. For sure. So it's so interesting. Cause yeah. yeah. And then I've been other places where I've been like, oh, probably, I don't think I've been here, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. Like some places you, like I've driven through Ohio and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Same. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, this is Ohio. <laughs> Sorry, Ohio. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not that there's anything wrong with Ohio, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like there's any just, deep connection to Ohio, right? There's certain places that just carry a lot, and you know, I think also us picking up on it as spiritual people, um, I think that it's very normal to do that as well. But yeah, there are some places that really just hit because it's personal as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I kind of want to start like wrapping everything yeah, up. Sure. I feel like this has been a really good conversation. Yeah, me too. Um, and. If you want to just talk about like, cause I know you've kind of talked about, okay, this is, you know, the goal of if somebody sure. works with me, it's really about, you know, them being able to express themselves mm-hmm. and come into themselves and all that kind of stuff. Um, but how do you work with people? Like what are the options? So I work primarily online um, because now I'm, I'm located in Indiana and not everybody's here, but I work primarily online through zoom. And what we do is it's my biggest offering right now is a two hour regression. And what we do is you can be completely um, off camera. As long as I can hear you, there's a microphone of some sort. Um, first, I just take you into the journey of, so again, like I said, there's like four parts to the hypnosis, but um, there's also intuition and my, and my sight. So I'm able to also like kind of see where you're at emotionally, mentally. Um, and I walk us through, uh, you know, a series of calming prompts, exercises, things like that, that just make the person feel safe. Um, know that like, they're never going to be wrong. I'm always going to be there to help and just paying attention to their inner world rather than like getting it wrong or my voice in particular, like I'm always going to be there. And then um, basically we walk you through to a series of prompts and then eventually we kind of land. If you've ever seen the movie soul, <laughs> I have. There, there's a moment where like they're fl- floating to earth. That's kind of the visual I, I get when I walk people to their past life. So it's like there is this um, process of remembering when you're 15, when you're five, when you're in your mother's womb, and then a time before that. And so we travel time before that and then float to earth. And then through that process kind of really gives this mind um, these subtle suggestions of like travel. And through that travel, we can actually like just head to a past life memory. And it doesn't have to be perfectly known upon entering that portal of the, the past life. All we do is we start to look down at our feet and just take a uh, an inventory of our surroundings. Okay. I'm seeing I'm barefoot. I'm seeing grass. I look up, I see a cottage far away. Like, and so over time, as I walk someone through this vision, you know, we, it's basically like playing a video game. We walk through together. It's just a walkthrough. Um, but it is literally like having this conscientious dream, this kind of like you're having this daydream, but it's so visual. It's so auditory. Like there are so many parts that feel very real. And as long as you remain calm, which happens because, you know, at no point am I like, 
ah, you know, like there's <laughs> never going to be. So at that point, you're, you're so much into trance with me that nothing can get you out of trance unless like a, a wild dog just like came in and, and bit you. Like <laughs> there, you know, it's very, very normal to stay in trance and like not even realize two hours have passed. Like that's the, the wild thing too. Um, so bringing into trance, we get all these past life memories. I will also be there and I help people figure out like what else. And sometimes like I'm stumped too. Like I have no idea who you are. Like recently I did a past life regression for someone. She was a spy and like, we're still doing research. So what happens is we gain all this information and then we have to do research as well. Like who was I? Um, I had a client once who, who just found out she was Charlotte Bronte. Like we had all of these things that we could then research. And the cool thing was her soul, her past life self, Charlotte gave us all information that could be Googled everything could be researched. So she showed us important things like the table she wrote on. Guess what? There's the table she wrote on online. Like every part of that, a nanny that took care of Like, so there are all these aspects also that will come through that feels like incredibly validating for some. Not everyone's session is like that, unfortunately. Like we can't always get that internet validation because like maybe we lived in the 1100s and like things like that. Um, or maybe we weren't like a notable person, but still like you can still gain until anyway. So then we go through, we have an emergence and then we, you know, come out properly. I also use like our spiritual support, our spirit guides, our team. Um, I invite them in because this is a spiritual experience. It's not just science to me. It's also like using, you know, grandparents and guides, ancestors, anyone to support us and walk us safely to and from this past life because it's serious work. Um, and you know, anyone can, can do hypnosis, but it really takes somebody special to kind of like intuit what you need and gear something towards a more spiritually minded person. So that's my two hour session. And then through that session, I also do soul conversations. So you can come with up to 10 questions for your soul. What's my purpose? What's my partner's purpose in my life? Um, am I here to do X, Y, and Z? What's the health of my liver looking like? Like there's just like all of these questions you can ask and we receive those answers. So that's a part of the um, past life healing, the two hour package. I do soul healing with that too. We wrap up lifetimes. We heal the lifetime. We heal the person. Um, we take back lessons, etc. And then I have an hour and 15 minute session, which is just the past life regression. Let's say you don't need the soul conversation. You don't have two, two hours um, at a time right now. You just want to kind of pop in and out hour and 15 and just receive information on your past life. That's for a more bite-sized experience and a little bit less money. Um, so it's also like an investment. So you just kind of like figure out like, what is the thing that I really, really want? And then um, we go from there. But yeah, I, I ha- try to have a couple of different sessions available so that people can still get into their past lives, but you can name your experience. But most people end up going for the two-hour experience anyway, because you're not going for past life regressions weekly, you know, you're going for it. So people normally are like, I'm just going to go big or go home, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. Thanks for sharing yeah, that. Thank you. Well, and then also I forgot to ask, um, yeah. cause I just like, you know, if people are getting to know you, um, do you know what your sun, moon and rising sign is? Yes. I am Scorpio sun, moon. I and was rising. thinking you are a Scorpio. Like when you were like, I was thinking of asking you that and I was like, yep. she has to have Scorpio. Oh, triple Scorpio. <laughs> And I was born on Halloween. So oh my, 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 whatever brought me here, my spirit was like, 
we're going to let you know who you are <laughs> from birth. And I always knew it was like something important. It's funny because growing up, I, I just had this overall feeling. I'm like, oh, I, I was supposed to be born on Halloween. Like, I was just weird like that. I just knew. Um, and everybody's like, oh, it's a special day. We get it. I'm like, no, I'm a freaking witch. I'm telling you. <laughs> Like I knew since I was very young, but yeah, Scorpio, sun, moon, and rising. And yes, I'm in pain. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm a Scorpio moon, so I also Ooh! have some Scorpio. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't it. fully get it because I'm just, you know, that, whatever, but that's okay. Hey, yeah. I have some astrologer friends. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, well, thanks for being here. Is there, Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I'm going to put all of your info and where people can book with you in the show notes. Um, cool. do you want to just say how people can find you on Instagram or wherever? Sure. Yeah. So I'm the past life, witch all across the board, that's my com. That's my Instagram handle. That's wherever you can find me on TikTok, even though I don't really post actively on there. But mostly I'm on Instagram. You can send me a DM if you have any questions. Um, it might take me a couple of days to get to it because usually they're all in my request binder. But what you can do is also email me and I can get to you pretty quickly through that as well. And yeah, you can book through my website and also through my Instagram. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for talking thanks for about past lives and all the things. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm going to put everything in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening today. And I will see you in the next episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you left a five-star review so more people can find my content. If you want more from me, you can find me on my website at nicoleforreal.com, on Instagram at nicole.for.real, on TikTok at nicole.for.real, and on Insight Timer, a meditation app at nicole.for.real. I want to thank you again so much for being here, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.